You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. So we are continuing a series this morning that we've been in over the last several weeks. It's called Redefine Becoming People Who Live the Way of Jesus. And what we've been doing over these last several weeks is we've been exploring the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is the most amazing sermon that's ever been preached. Jesus preached this sermon. And as he preached this sermon, minds were blown uh, because he redefined a lot of what people believed in that day. A lot of what people believed in that day was turned upside down. And Jesus and his followers began a new mission forward. And so we've been discussing this and we've been talking about how we can get this in our hearts to go from our heads to our hearts so that it's more than information. I think we've, we've used to this model in church at times where we want information. Hey, let me learn more. But it's important that we go beyond information and that, that information goes from our heads to our hearts, right? Because there's a lot of things that we um, know about that we don't live. And God wants to help us to get it from our heads to our hearts so that we could begin to live the way of Jesus, not just talk about it, not just know the way of Jesus. And so these last several weeks, we've been taking a concept that Jesus teaches in his word in this Sermon on the Mount, and we've been talking about how we can apply it to our lives. And today is another one of those concepts, another one of those ideas that Jesus found important to talk about. And I think it's so important that he talked about this because, once again, this is something that we all deal with. This is something that we've all experienced before. This is something that we've all uh, been on the receiving end of and that we've all been on the giving end of this. And this idea that he's talking about today is this idea of judging others. Judging others. And uh, in our society today, um, we have this phrase that we use quite a bit, don't judge me. When it comes to parenting and your kid's on the iPad, right? And you see a mom glaring over, hey, don't judge me. When you're eating something that you shouldn't be eating and you've been talking about being on your diet and you're eating it and somebody's glaring at you, right? Hey, don't judge me. And again and again, right, we have this phrase, don't judge me. And in scripture, it talks about this, right? It talks about not judging others. And the problem with that is that sometimes we can take this concept and we could uh, make it whatever we want it to be. And in fact, it's one of the most quoted scriptures because of that, because we want to do whatever we want to do. And hey, don't judge me, by the way. And, And so Jesus gets into this concept today. And I want us to talk about it because I believe what he's doing is he's taking something that the Pharisees in that day were dealing with. They were being judgmental towards others. And he's unfolding that and telling them, hey, this isn't how I want my followers to act. I don't want them looking around, pointing the flaws out in other people. I don't want them just going around, just looking for some, somebody who's, who's messing up to point out what they're doing wrong. That's not who I want our people to be. And so Jesus begins to talk about this. So let's go ahead and go to scripture here in Matthew chapter seven, verses one and two, where it says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. So right off the bat here, Jesus comes swinging. He says, hey, I don't want you to judge. I don't want you to judge others. Do not judge others. 
And so I want you to imagine the religious people of that day, because I think we can fall into that sometimes. I want you to imagine a person going into a synagogue at that time, going into a place of worship and being stared at as they walk in. Being stared at because they don't have it all together. Being stared at and looked at in such a way because maybe they smell the wrong way or maybe they're not wearing the right clothes or maybe, uh, you know, they, they saw them at the, at the bar that week or, or whatever it was, they give them a look. And that wasn't just something in that day. That's something that continues today. In fact, I remember being a part of a church as a young Christian that was struggling. In fact, and we all have our struggles still. And walking into church with some of those struggles and feeling judged and feeling like I didn't belong there, like I wasn't, like they didn't want me there. And I'm telling you, church at that time was the best place ever for me. It was, the, it was where I needed to be. It was the, the hospital that I needed in that time. And to go there and to not feel welcomed and to go there and to not feel loved was not okay. And I think this is what Jesus is talking about here. He's getting us to this place where we're able to not judge those who are gonna come into this place, to not judge them, and, but to love them. And so as he gets into this, he says, don't judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And I think right off the bat, one of the first things that he's talking about that he wants us to get is that he wants us to be merciful. He wants his followers to be merciful people, you and I, to be merciful towards others. When others mess up, that we're not there ready to pounce on them, right? Ready to call it out, but that we are merciful to others, that we are loving towards others. That's what merciful means, right? That, that when somebody deserves a punishment, that, that we're not gonna be the ones to give it to them, right? That we're gonna extend grace in those moments, that we're going to extend mercy. Does that mean that we don't need to have hard conversations at times? I don't think so. Right? I don't think that's what it's saying. There's some hard conversations that need to be had. There's some things that need to be talked about. But what it's saying is that you have the ability to give a punishment and you withhold that punishment because you love that person and you want to help them along in the journey. I remember being um, a young guy and having two little brothers. And as a high school student who has brothers that are 10 years younger than me, um, I had a lot to deal with, right? It felt like I had kids that I was taking care of, you know, on a regular basis as a young uh, teenager. And I remember one day um, having some money because I had a little job on the side and ordering my brother's pizza while my, uh, while my parents were, were out. And so we ordered pizza and some Cinestics. And um, as soon as those Cinestics and pizza got there, my little brother, who's 10 years younger than me, his name's Nate, probably eight years old at the time, he grabs those cine sticks and he gets one cine stick and he puts all the frosting just on one. So me and my other brother were like, what in the world are you doing? Right? This is the best part and you're using it all on your cine stick. So we got a little mad at him. And so he runs off and, uh, and he's crying and hiding uh, in his bed. And so I'm trying to be the big brother who's, you know, trying to be nice to his brothers, ordering them pizza and having a good time with them. And, and so I, I walk in there to say, hey, it's all good. We're going to, we'll just eat ours without the frosting. It's going to be okay. And so I go over and I peel the blanket off of him. And as I peel the blanket off of him, it's like a jack-in-the-box. As soon as I peel it off, 
boom, a punch in the face. My little brother, eight years old, punching me in the face and I'm bleeding. And in that moment, I had the option of giving some judgment, right? Of laying my fist down right on his face and giving that judgment. But in that moment, must've had a great quiet time that day, must've spent some good time with the Lord because I didn't do that. I extended mercy for some reason. I extended love to him in that moment. And to this day, he still brings it up. Remember that time I beat you up? Remember that time I punched you in the face? Remember that time I made your lip bleed? But the point is, is that guys, we're gonna have moments, not just where we get slapped in the face, punched in the face, but, but where we witness somebody who's not measuring up. And in that moment, we have the ability to judge them. We have the ability to uh, push them away, to make them not feel welcomed or we have the ability to extend mercy to them and to say, hey, I'm not perfect either. And I've got areas where I'm not measuring up either. And I've got areas where I don't, I'm not there yet, right? And to extend mercy to them and to say, hey, we're all in this together. We're walking forward together, becoming more like Jesus together. And that's what Jesus wants for his followers, to be merciful. Because you know what begins to take place in our hearts and we see this with the Pharisees, is that we begin to compare ourselves to others. And as we compare ourselves to others, we look for flaws so that we could elevate ourselves. And if we're not feeling like we're measuring up to what God wants, then we're going to look for flaws in everybody else so that we could prove that we are better somehow. And that's exactly what we see the Pharisees doing at this time. They know in their hearts, even though on the outside everything looks perfect, that they're not measuring up. And their way to combat that is to point out the flaws in others, to say, you know what? They're more messed up than I am. Let's look at them. Let's point our finger towards them. Let's pay attention to their flaws because I don't want anybody to pay attention to my flaws. And so the Pharisees in this moment, and in fact, if we look throughout scripture, there's this amazing passage that I go to often where uh, there's a Pharisee and a tax collector and they both go into the temple at the same time and they're praying and it highlights their prayers. And the, and the tax collector, he prays a prayer like this. He says, Lord, I'm sinful and I need you and I'm messed up and I can't do this without you. And the Pharisee comes in and he begins to puff his chest out and he begins to say, oh God, thank you that I'm not like this tax collector over here. Look at all their flaws. Look at everything they do wrong. God, I'm so much better than them. And what does God say? He says, who left justified that day? It was the tax collector, not the Pharisee who was puffing himself up, not the Pharisee who was judging others and elevating himself, but the tax collector who operated with a need for the Lord. That's who left justified that day. And so for you and I, we need to be mindful that we need to be merciful, that we need to stop judging others because we understand that all we're trying to do in that moment is to elevate ourselves. But he continues on here and he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. So once again, he's getting back to this idea 
that says, hey, I'm going to judge you for the speck in your eye because I know that I have a plank in my eye. And it makes me feel so much better. It makes me feel so much better to be able to point out the speck in your eye. It's human nature. It's something we need to pay attention to. It's something that happens naturally that we need to fight against because God hasn't called us to point out the speck in somebody else's eye. One of the things that has helped me a lot with this idea of judging is understanding where people are at in their lives. So for example, um, I think the way that I worded it here is, is there's often times where I feel this idea where I wanna judge somebody, where I'll say this word, these words to myself. Maybe there's something that I don't know. Maybe there's something about them that I don't know. You say, well, Jesse, what do you, what do you mean? Maybe there's something about me, about them that I don't know. Well, if I'm over here examining their speck in their eye um, and I catch myself doing that, then I'll say, once again, maybe there's something that I don't know. And, and the reason for that is because years ago, uh, I was doing college ministry and there was a guy named John who was um, at times a difficult guy to deal with because he had some difficult issues that he was dealing with. And those, those issues that he was dealing with, it affected the group and it affected the people in the group. And it was easy for me and easy for others as I've seen in the group, it was easy for them to judge John. It was easy for them to look at him and to say, man, John has some issues, right? To examine the speck in his eye, to look at him and think, man, there's some problems here. But as I got to know John more and more over the years, I found out that John um, had some issues for a reason, right? That there were some things that have happened in his life that had caused some of the problems that he was dealing with. And it gave me so much mercy for him. As he told me, Jesse, whenever I was a kid, I was just a little boy and I walked into the garage and my mom had committed suicide. And I walk into this to see her there, had passed away and it wrecked my life. And from that point on, right, I've been trying to numb this feeling that I have, this hurt that I have. And I'm coming here because I want God to work on my heart, but it's hard. It's so difficult. And you know what he needed? He needed people to show him mercy. He needed people to love him, not judge him. He needed people to, to come alongside of him and be willing to walk with him and, and be willing to be patient with him and be willing to be kind to him. Not people who were just going to look at him and, and judge him for the issues that he had. That's what John needed. And he found some of those people. And God's been able to do some amazing things in his life. Just like you and I, he's not perfect. But God has been able to do some pretty cool things in his eye. But it took some people that were willing to say, you know what, John, I'm not going to look at the speck in your eye anymore. And so before you ever look at somebody's life, before you ever examine their fruit, before you ever look into them, look at yourself first. Before you ever have a tough conversation with somebody, is there any areas that you need to deal with first? Is there any areas that you need to go before the Lord on and repent of first? It's easy for us to point it out in others. It's hard for us to see it in ourselves. But there's some things that we all need to work on. There's some things that we all need to address. It continues on here. He says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly 
to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So I want you to see here that it doesn't say that we shouldn't remove the speck from our brother's eye. It doesn't say here that, hey, don't judge, don't ever talk about sin, don't ever talk about flaws, don't ever talk about those things. It's not saying that. It's just saying deal with your stuff first. Examine yourself first. Don't rush to your friend's side to judge them. Don't rush to your friend's side to help them when you're at a place where you need help yourself, where you're at a place where you need to go before the Lord yourself. And let me tell you, we're all there but it's important to examine yourself first, to take the plank out of your own eye so that you can see clearly enough to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Is there any prayer that goes into it before you have a conversation with someone? Or are you just going to go straight to them and have that conversation? There's something about praying beforehand that God prepares you to have that conversation in a merciful, in a loving way. And that's what God wants from us. As we continue here, um, this verse is interesting, and it's the final verse in this passage. But it says this, it says, Do not give dogs what is sacred, and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. And turn and tear you to pieces. So Jesse, what in the world does this verse mean? As we were talking about this in preaching team, there was an, a thought that came to my mind. And it was this thought that, that there's times that we're judging people and we're calling things out in people's lives who aren't ready for it yet, who aren't prepared for you to call them out, who aren't at a place in their life where they even have a relationship with the Lord. And if you're calling something out in their life before they're even ready for it, there's some things that need to happen first before they even get there. So he uses this language here, right? It's like casting pearls before pigs. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. What are they gonna do with that? They're, they're not gonna understand what you're, the wisdom that you're throwing at them. They're not gonna understand the pearls that you're giving them. There's just gonna be nothing to them. And there's some people in our lives that we're trying to call things out in that it's just making them angry. It's just making them angry because they're not at a place where they can receive it yet. And you need to walk in the spirit closely enough that you know when somebody's ready to hear what you have to tell them, that it would be beneficial and not harmful to have that conversation with them. And the way that I put it is I've got a friend and his name is Jesse and he's got a brother and uh, his brother's gay. And as we were having a conversation about this at one point, he says, you know, there's a lot of people that come to my brother's life and, and talk to him and have a conversation with him and they go there, right? They, you shouldn't be gay. And, and they begin to have a conversation with him where there's so many steps that need to happen before they should ever go there before they should ever go there, right? He's, he says, you know, my brother has so many more problems than being gay. And what he's saying by that is my brother doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. And so we're asking him to stop being gay without a relationship with the Lord. And it's not gonna happen. God needs to do a work in his life first 
And so here we are having conversations with people who don't even have a relationship with the Lord. Here we are telling people to stop cussing and they don't have a relationship with the Lord. Here we are telling people to act holy and they're not, don't have a relationship with the Lord. And it's not gonna work, right? Behavior modification, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And Jesus is giving us some wisdom here that we need to pay attention to who we're having these conversations with. Is it a person who's pursuing the Lord? Is it a person who has a heart for the Lord? Is it a person who has a relationship with the Lord? Is it a person who's ready to receive? Is it a person you even have a friendship with? Maybe there's somebody better to have that conversation with them than you. Maybe there's somebody who's built up years of of relationship with this person and it's better for them to have the conversation than you are. There's some prayer that needs to go into it and there's some things that we need to do before we ever get there. But God is calling us to be people who love, who are merciful, and to understand that when we judge, that there's always a motive behind it. The motive at times could be to elevate ourselves. The motive could be to hurt somebody else, to make ourselves feel better. So many different motives. What is the motive for you? Are you elevating yourself? because you don't feel like you measure up with the Lord. Well, that needs to be a conversation between you and God where you say, Lord, I'm trying to measure myself in ways that I shouldn't measure myself. And today I rest in the gospel that you died on the cross for my sins, you rose again, and my standing with you is made complete because of that. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have it all together, but I walk towards you to becoming more and more like you. And I rest in that today, that I'm not performing, that I'm not trying to be better than so-and-so, that I'm resting in you. And it's the gospel that we go back to again and again that helps us to stop comparing, that helps us to stop performing, that helps us to stop pointing out the flaws in others because we become so grateful for the love that Jesus had for us, for what he accomplished for us on the cross right, that it helps us to be merciful to others as well. Because when he extends mercy to you, hopefully it transforms your heart in such a way that you're able to extend mercy to others. And just like my friend John, who needed some people to come around him and show him mercy, there's a lot of people who are gonna walk in these doors that are gonna be in those same shoes. They're hurting and they're broken and they need a friend, and they need somebody to come alongside of them and walk with them. Will you be one of those people who love, or will you be one of those people who points and judges? Let's be who Jesus is calling us to be. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.